0: Facebook, we're a little bit late getting here, but um, gonna be going here in just a second. All right, Lucky B. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host Robert Butler, doing this special edition of Sports Scope here on Periscope, Facebook, and uh, Twitter. Uh, Also doing the podcast here, as you can see, I'm wearing the red tie uh, in honor of today's The Last Dance documentary. Uh, The 10-part documentary series started tonight. I'm staying up late, made a pot of coffee. Uh, uh, Probably going to have some problems sleeping tonight, but I wanted to get my take in first before everybody else... Going to talk about the trade rumors of Leonard Fournette and why I would trade him if I'm Jacksonville, and quite frankly, I would only give a third round pick for him if I am uh, any other team. So, you know, I wanted to start this. I've got one, two, three pages of notes, and this on this documentary. And I was going to start in chronological order of this documentary. But the way it ended and the angles that the uh, filmmakers are taking, making out to be Jerry Krause, to be the bad guy. And I want to note this to everybody about... Organizations are built by the general manager. Uh, they're being uh, the general managers in sports are always being overlooked. And, you know, and I talk about this before in this program. Rick Bettino tried to be general manager and coach, and it failed. Uh, he talked about that with the Boston Celtics. Uh, it, it, it doesn't work in football. It's very difficult for. To, all the power to be concentrated. We talk about even Bill Belichick. Uh, hell everybody. got the red on it re- in regards to Jordan. 20. All Only thing I need is a Black 23 here. But anyways, Jerry Krause is made out to be this villain, this evil guy who signed Scotty Pippen to a seven-year deal. Uh, and I, l- let me tell you guys this. It's an overlooked unglamorous position of a general manager, a little short, fat guy that was mocked. But listen to this. Here's a few names that all of you will be familiar with. Um, Jerry West built the L.A. Shaq Kobe Lakers. Ultimately became the general manager of the Lakers. He saw that Pat Riley had some coaching ability early on with the Lakers. He also built the Golden State Warriors. He recruited Durant. He recruited Shaq back in 19, um, when Shaq became there. I think it was a free agent in 96. Either way, he put that thing together. He was the general manager. Anybody ever heard of a guy named R.C. Buford? He was a general manager of the Spurs. They won five titles with Tim Duncan, Greg uh, Popovich. So these are the unsung heroes that do not get the credit that they deserve. And my thing is, he was a blessing in the skies. He talked about his side of that story in a podcast. I couldn't get it up uh, before, but a friend of mine sent me that podcast Uh, Before he died, his side of the story on the Jordan injury holding them back in the 86 season from the 85 86 season when they had when Jordan had that ankle injury. Uh, So there's two sides to every story. But he's a little bitty guy, probably shorter than me. I'm 5'8, and he did not get intimidated by a head coach that used to be a former NBA player, Phil Jackson. He discovered Phil Jackson. I uh, was never intimidated by the biggest star on the planet. So Jerry Krause is an unsung hero that that documentary is not talking about everybody. You know, he he held that team in check. And remember what Michael Jordan said after they traded Charles Oakley. He said, hey, listen, it was best for the team, even though that was my best friend. He orchestrated that uh uh, trade in 1987 to bring in Horace Grant and, and, and to bring in Scottie Pippen. I didn't know Scottie Pippen until now. I don't know if you guys. I'm I'm 38 years old. Michael Jordan was drafted when I was three years old. I didn't watch basketball then. Uh, he or I didn't know he was originally drafted by the Seattle Seahaw- uh, Seahawks. Seattle SuperSonics then. So this guy gets a lot. He should get a lot of credit here. Now, of course, not paying him on all that stuff. Scottie Pippen said, hey, I needed the money for my family. Even then, NBA contracts. So let's not cry for Scottie Pippen. NBA contracts were guaranteed even in 1991. $18 million for a six-year contract. Yeah, it was a steal. But he said, "I, I needed the money for my family. So let's not paint this guy out to be this big, bad guy like the documentary trying to point out. Michael Jordan wanted to make trades in the middle of the season. He wanted to get other players. So they're leaving a lot of this out because I'm hearing this is stuff I've read in the past about Michael Jordan back then anyways. He wasn't supposed to be playing basketball with the North Carolina uh, college team. I mean, that, that was avoiding his contract. That was insane in the membrane, like the 1990s, uh, hit song had, uh, came out. So, you know, I wanted to start backwards with that. And now let's go back to the beginning of the documentary. And, and I'm gonna give you some observations. Read a lot about Michael Jordan, read a lot about the people who played against Michael Jordan. uh, read a lot about the people who played before Michael Jordan. Jerry, I read Jerry West's book, okay? Uh, so starting from the beginning, it starts off with the three championships. This is how big a time of period that was for me. I'm 38. When I was 10 years old, nine turning 10 years old, that the Chicago Bulls were in their first finals there. Against uh, worthy of course, Magic Johnson, the other MJ, and the Lakers. That's the first bet I won against my dad and my piggy bank. My dad, he said he's going to watch the show tonight. Uh, I won five dollars. They uh, they won game one that the Lakers did. And a friend of mine, I had a long discussion about a friend of mine on Friday night. He said they put Pippen on Magic Johnson, the Bulls did. The Bulls didn't lose another game. That's my first bet I ever won, won five bucks out of my piggy bank uh, that my dad gave me. I, I got five more dollars. So, yeah, and then in 92, I remember watching it with him, and um, that's when Jordan started getting the commercials. Game one the Jordan at the multiple threes. I remember, in other words, where I was. You know how people say, I remember where I was when Kennedy got shot. You remember where you were when, when 9-11 happened. You remember we were when this great event in U.S. history happened, when that great event or bad, bad, bad event happened. For instance, today's the anniversary of the Oklahoma City bombing. But also today would have been uh, the playoffs. The playoffs sort of started this weekend. So uh, 1993, I was over at my cousin's house watching uh, the Bulls beat the um, Phoenix Suns to capture their third title. I noted that the French paper said Michael Jordan was bigger than the Pope uh, my dad, reading the paper after uh, one of their championships, said that more people uh, knew who Michael Jordan was in uh, um, China than they did know who George Washington was. George Washington was on currency. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, okay, I also noted that he was the first athlete I know to have a suit on uh, before uh, and after uh games and all this okay he was the first i know that players before michael jordan wore suits at the draft but remember david stern did not implement the dress code until the early 2000s he was sought to be racist it turned out to be a huge blessing guys started uh their own uh clothing brand and everything michael jordan was wearing those expensive suits too in front of the game so that's another one of those rock star appeals for Michael Jordan. Uh, let's see. Interesting note here. James Worthy. A side note about the uh, the uh, Dean Smith in the uh, North Carolina Tar Heels. They didn't start freshman. That was a rule. He never started. Two weeks after playing with James Worthy, James Worthy, uh, says that Michael Jordan was better than him after the first two weeks. He realized that Michael was better than him. To, for those of you younger listeners, don't know who James Worthy is. He won the 1988 Finals MVP. He is an NBA Hall of Famer. He says that Michael Jordan was better than him two weeks after they played together. I thought that was interesting. I've never heard that before. Read a lot about Michael Jordan. Very interesting uh, little side bit there. Uh, Jordan hitting his head on the back of the uh, backboard. I thought that was insane. Uh, okay, Bob Knight, very interesting tidbit here. Coach Michael Jordan in the 1984 Olympics. Did you guys catch what Bob Knight said? Bob Knight had had an undefeated basketball team at one time in college. Basketball won a national championship. Bob Knight had coached, yes, Perkins played for Carolina too. Also made it to the NBA. Um, well, here's the thing about Bob Knight. He had coached Isaiah Thomas uh before, and Isaiah Thomas b- became an NBA player. He had seen Bird play, he had seen Kareem play. He he had coached against Kareem in the LA uh in the UCLA Bruins. He said, this is that quote, Michael Jordan's the best player I've ever seen in 1984 before Michael Jordan ever played an NBA game. That was in this summer of Olympics. Remember, they didn't start the NBA season until November. I never knew that. Uh, uh, Bobby Knight is known as one of the biggest jerks, very straight shooter in all of sports. I was really surprised that Bob Knight said that. So that, that was a true thing. I wonder if that got back to Isaiah Thomas and he took that personal with the rival that later happened in the uh, Bulls and Celtics in the late 80s. I wonder if that had something to do with that. That's an interesting tidbit right there that we should think about between Isaiah and now, of course, Isaiah did come in an in interview and he talked about he talked about Michael Jordan. So he showed love from whatever thing I heard in, over the years, it was very personal that, that this is a true story that Michael did not want Isaiah to be on that 92 dream team. Uh, Isaiah wanted to be on there. Michael did not. So it was very personal. So he there was, there was some forgiving there, but Bob Knight uh, said that, uh, you know, Michael Jordan not playing a, a game in the NBA was the best player. I thought that was really interesting uh, early on. I noticed that the um, the media you saw people shaking and, and giving Michael Jordan pats on the back and stuff. That was an indication for the '97 season that no matter what Michael Jordan did that was bad, they weren't going to report it. That was another thing. That guy hugging up on Jordan like that. The French player after a blowout in the 1997 exhibition game uh, gives uh, Ash Jordan for his armband. Uh, that tells you the level of stardom that this guy had. I thought that was interesting. Uh, let's see. Other notes. Scotty Pippen, uh, University of Central Arkansas. Like I said, uh, with the Seattle trade, nobody had ever heard of this guy. Uh, University of Central Arkansas player wasn't a big school guy. So you've got to give Kyle some uh, credit there. I never heard of Scott. Central Arkansas. Whoever heard of Central Arkansas? Not Arkansas. Central Arkansas. It's a great play, great move by scouting departments. And here's my other thing about Jerry Krause. I don't know if some of you modern fans have paid attention to this, but didn't you see the proper structure of power? Owner, general manager, coach Phil Jackson – then it goes down to the players. Such a different scenario now with LeBron James in this situation. LeBron should take notes from that. The NBA should take notes from that. That's the way it's supposed to be. Michael Jordan did not want to get rid of Charles Oakley. You know, if 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 you could put a good general manager who's not going to be intimidated by a LeBron James, LeBron James could have six titles. That's just something to be um, – something to think about, everybody. LeBron James, it, it, this Players League and all that, you can see that adversary, uh, the antagonist of Jerry Krause, was a big motivational factor, not just for that team, but for a lot of those championships. He wanted to prove to Krause that we are the best, You need to show us respect. They needed that kind of motivation to keep going. They're treated like rock stars. The media is telling them the greatest thing since life. Quite frankly, if I was 23, 25 years old, uh, covering the Chicago Bulls during that time, I might have got sucked in by the hype and not properly doing my job and reporting what I really see rather than what Michael tells me to see you know, uh, so I thought that was really interesting. Uh, sometimes it's better to have things the way they were rather than the way they are. So, uh, you know, it's a learning experience. I mean, this team won six. Yeah. He had the Nicole and Ponce. So that is the thing that kept the team as an, he was that adversary He was that guy we had to prove something to. Uh, Phil Jackson behind closed doors uh, wanted to say, we got to prove him wrong. He's the bad guy. We have to prove it to somebody else because it was a motivational factor there. So I like the Jerry uh, Krause, little bitty guy, Napoleon Complex, Michael Jordan saying, we had to lower the rim for you to make a shot. You know, he's out of shape. He's a little guy, but he was a really good GM. Remember what Ryan's door, the owner, said? I don't want a people's guy. I want a guy that's gonna get the job done. You know. Remember the money move, uh, movie Moneyball? They got him make friends. He got deals done. You know. And again, when I started the program today, I talked about uh, R.C. Buford of the, uh, the San Antonio Spurs, unksung Hero help find Tim Duncan, help find all those international players. 5 championships, two-time executive of the year. Jerry um what's his name? Jerry West built the the Golden State Warriors. Watch how they fall apart now that he's with the LA Clippers, the favorite if we get a season done, what I think we are. Jerry West, the man behind the scenes. Yes, Phil Jackson did, but these general managers Jerry West also built that Shaq Kobe Lakers. Jerry West was a big recruiter in that summer. I want to say 96, but I'm not sure. They, they got Shaq away from the Orlando Magic. It was Jerry West that put these guys together. Go back even to the 80s. I read this in his book. It was Jerry West that talked uh, 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 James Worthy, the 1988 MVP was talking about it in tonight's documentary of staying with the Lakers. So these guys behind the scenes, they're unsung heroes. Now, we all know who West is. He's a former player. But I'm saying the general managers have a big uh, deal in this. I mean, it, these teams are not built by accident. You can't just go out and draft a guy from a big school and cross your fingers. I like the part about the Clyde Drexler. I mean, what do you do if you've already got a shooting guard? Very bad move there. Sam Bowie is the guy that's always going to be talked about. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, what do you do? I don't know. Maybe you draft uh, Michael as a point guard. Could he play point, or do you want to move Clyde over to point? I don't know what they could have did there. Um, looking back at it, it's very interesting uh, thinking about that Portland Trailblazers team of the nineteen eighty four. Of course, if they had the number one pick, he obviously was. And like I said you guys before, teams always want to take the big man. Always take the big man over the small guy. Like I said, Zion Williamson, I think John Moran would be a better pro. They take Zion Williamson. He's hurt most of the season. John Morant's probably going to win the MVP. Yeah, boy was seven four. went to a big school. Uh, never, never did make it, you know. He was the ultimate big man. Ultimately, they end up taking Greg Oden over jeez, uh, Kevin Durant later on. That's such a bad thing there. But, uh, you know, guys, I just that was my take on it. Uh, it's good. I think Jerry Krause was good, you know, uh, even though he's made out to be that villain. Uh, James Worthy hit his head on the back of the backboard. I said by Mike, the French player. Uh, let's see. Uh, every every team needs a second player there. Uh, you know they started off 0 four. I thought that was really interesting for the Scottie Pippen thing. Even though Jordan scored 63, they still lost that series in 86. Uh, that that here, here's the thing. Here, here's how impressive that was. They left this part out. That team, that air quote team of the Boston Celtics, they were 41 and one at home that year. And Michael Jordan put 40-plus in the next game, put 63 on him. Are you kidding me? And then even – don't get me wrong. I've I've listened to the interviews years and years ago. Larry Bird said that's God dressed up as Michael Jordan. That is not Michael Jordan. And played golf with Danny Ainge the day before, trying to suck up. Danny Ainge beats him, and then he gets ticked off and puts 63 – Jordan had this this uh, crazy amount of energy. I'd have been resting my body the day before. Is he crazy? Then he turns around and scores uh, sixty three. That was the best defense in the league that year. That was the best Celtic team of all time for one season. Forty one at home at home that year. Uh, very impressive uh, feet. Uh, Michael Jordan's feet is even better than even I thought. That's unbelievable. Okay, switching gears here to football. Uh, reports over the weekend that uh, Leonard Fournette, known to be injured all the time in the NFL, um, coming up on his fifth-year option year, uh, former number four overall pick, said he wants to play with Cam Newton, and now he's on the trading block. Everybody that knows be on this uh, these two different uh, – hold on, everybody – once I get talking about something, i, I got to restart restarting my uh, podcast side. Okay, Leonard Fournette, I've said this about everyone. I don't have an issue with running backs in the league. I want everybody to get $100 million a year. Just just get all the money you can get. I understand that. But this is a position, everybody. This is uh, a position that, that I believe you should never – I don't care if it's Barry Sanders, O.J. Simpson – Derrick Henry coming up, never give them a second contract. The stats rule it out. The top eight NFL highest-paid running backs in the league last year. Teams did not make the playoffs. This is a hard salary cap league. Uh, Warren Sharp put this out here. Uh, Let's see. Success. The teams with least successful plays and the average yard per successful play This guy was dead last on this list here. It's like 13th uh, below. Devontae Freeman, David Montgomery, Todd Gurley, Joe Mixon, Melvin Gordon, Sonny Michelle. Dead last here. uh, And least successful plays of running backs Uh, was uh, Leonard Fournette last year. He was the least successful plays. Leonard Fournette... uh, He's a guy that that missed 11 games in his first two seasons, missed one game last year with the air quote illness, work ethic issues, maturity issues. Those are not my words. That's the coaching staff of Leonard Fournette. My thing about Leonard Fournette is uh, from the outside looking in, he appears to be one of those entitled athletes that's been told he's been the greatest thing since sliced bread uh, from day one. What I just say about Michael Jordan. Back in those days in 1980, I guess, when he was drafted, uh, recruited in North Carolina, freshman didn't start, even though he hit the game winning shot as a freshman. I thought that was a sophomore. Uh, this guy was told that he was the number one running back out of high school. He was a number four top five overall player out of high school prospect to LSU. Uh, injured all time at LSU, looked good at times, injured all time, shut down by Alabama. A lot of that was blocking scheme. I'll give them that. You know, the Jacksonville's not the most uh, best organization in the world. But my thing is, you know, they wasted a top five pick on him. They're rebuilding again. Why not trade for him, okay? My thing is, okay, who do you want to trade for him? I would not – me, if I'm another 31 teams in the league, I wouldn't give you a third-round pick. I would just give you a third-round pick for him. And the reason why I say that is anybody heard of Devin Singletary? No relation to Singletary, the former Chicago Bear middle linebacker. This guy was a rookie running back, third-round pick, Florida Atlantic, uh, 775 yards rushing, 194 receiving. Four touchdowns, and that's when he split the freaking rock with uh, Frank Gore. Third-round pick. Uh, Leonard Fournette and, and, you know, Michael Mike Florio, somebody else mentioned. Maybe Kansas City, they still got a window, trade for him. Why do that? Yeah, really, maybe a fifth round. But let me ask you guys this. This is the players that I would have ahead of him. Who are going to be in Thursday's draft? That's going to be the next day I do a show, probably Thursday morning. I'm gonna do a one more mock draft before we have a uh, before the draft comes on Thursday on Sports Scope. Okay, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Wisconsin, a Heisman Trophy candidate, guy runs sub four four forty off all that in and in, in a bag of chips. I would take Jonathan Taylor. By the way, Devin Singletary's salary. $1 million, and these other running backs want $15, $16, $17 million, even for Christian McCaffrey. I wouldn't pay it. Sorry, I wouldn't do it. Devin Singletary, $1 million. He'll make under $1 million in 2020 this year. That's a third-round pick. But listen to this. Other players I would take over a uh, Leonard Fournette, a now NFL player who's injured all the time. Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers Acres of Florida State. All-purpose guy, J.K. Dobbins of Ohio State, Eno Benjamin of Arizona State, Antonio Gibson, sleeper, sleeper, sleeper player of the year, uh, possible sleeper rookie of the year, possible second, late second, third round pick. Antonio Gibson's a running back, four-three-nine, plays running back, plays receiver, can play the Christian McCaffrey type of role in the any offense. This guy's being overlooked like nobody's business in the mock drafts. Let me tell you, everybody. Yeah, Antonio Gibson, keep that name in mind. 4-3-9, plays receiver and running back, can catch the ball out of the slot, uh, can block, uh, can run between the tackles. Love this guy. Uh, let's see. Like I said, J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State can do anything you ask of him. Uh, had the 180-yard back-to-back games. Love this guy. Yes, the, uh, J.K. Dobbins can do it all. I don't see the big difference between him and even Ezekiel Elliott. I know he turned his ankle towards the end of the season. He had those huge games leading up uh, Michigan. Uh, I think he had a big game in the Clemson game. This guy is all that. Maybe the best player. Now, now Taylor's faster from Wisconsin. I remember looking at his 40 time. Uh, this Gibson guy runs 4-3 now, but he looks like a power back. So that, he has uh, game speed. Uh, the sneaky fast is what he would be described. Uh, these are second and third round sleeper guys. I would take any of those guys. Cam Akers is a great player, Florida State. I would take any of those guys over a litter for that, who's going to command a $4 million plus. Uh, he's coming into his fifth year. He's going to want another big contract. I would not pay him. He comes off as an entitled guy, a Melody and guy kind of comes off as a Jadavion clowning type of guy, highly sought out after high school, Uh, really treated with, uh, what do you want to say? Uh, Kid gloves, never really uh, teams really got onto him. The fourth pick overall. And now they're already wanting to get rid of him. Really bad move, bad organization by Jacksonville. I'm telling you guys, I just wouldn't draft running backs that high, not unless my scouts told me that was the only thing that was available. Uh, if you, I'm taking offensive linemen, defensive linemen, wide receivers, running backs. I'm telling you guys, time and time, again, you get them in, in the second, third round. And quite frankly, maybe some wide receivers I give a second contract never give a second contract to a running back, especially one like a Leonard Fournette, who's always uh, banged up and hurt. Will not play through anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, you guys ought to go look at some of the stats. He came in the biggest games like Alabama. Completely shut down. Just a very overrated player. Probably peaked too soon. Maybe got too many carries in high school. But, you know, I can't really say that because I remember another guy that was highly recruited out of high school, and he transitioned really smooth into the NFL. That's Adrian Peterson. First Battle of Hall of Famer, uh, could have played out of college, first year, right into the NFL, would have been fine. But this guy, Leonard Fournette, has been overrated since the first day I saw him. Looks good at times, but for the most part, banged up. Kind of reminds me of a J- Jadavian Clowney type of player. A uh, lot of talent, never utilized a lot of it. Very immature. And now the Jacksonville Jaguars, who's not saying a lot, are wanting to get rid of him. Again, The lowest rated successful plays running backs, I mean, over players like Mark Ingram, Carlos Hyde, Marlon Mack, Josh Jacobs, all had better seasons than he did. Miles Sanders, Derrick Henry, of course, Devin Cook, Nick Chubb, Le'Veon Bell, who didn't even play a whole season, Saquon Barkley. All those guys had better seasons. David Montgomery from Chicago, are you kidding me? He was like a fifth round pick. So uh, you guys get my point. Don't give these guys a second contract. Quite frankly, I don't even know if I would take a running back in the top 10, not unless it was just a really, really down uh, talent in other fields, Uh, like offensive line, defensive line, cornerback. Those would be positions that I would take over the running back position and never, never, I don't care if he's O.J. Simpson, uh, Barry Sanders, Jim Brown, uh ladanian top none of the i'll never give these guys a second contract you can always find a good running back in the second round and onward okay nothing gets running backs i know you guys take a beating you have to run the football to win championships don't get me wrong you have to have a running game you can't throw it ever down but you don't have to have the highest paid running back the stats bear that out the top eight running backs in the nfl last year none of the highest paid running backs. None of those uh, players' uh, teams got to the playoffs. I was against that Christian McCaffrey. I would, I would have played him up to about seven years, but they could have franchised him two years. Uh, they could pick up a fifth-year option and franchise him two years. I would not have gave him that extension. That's just me, but we'll see. I did the comparison, him and Marshall Falk, in another sports scope. So, everybody, that's my thoughts on Michael Jordan. That's my thoughts on Leonard Fournette. Uh, I will be back but before – Thursday night to give analysis, give my final mock draft. You can go back and watch me on Sports Scope. Look for hashtag Sports Scope. You can guys look at the dates of the program. Uh, That's a lot. I'm going to have to give me some of the drink. I'm getting dry mouth here. So have a good night. I'm glad. I hope you, I enjoyed the documentary. It went by fast. Um, Yes. Yeah. O-line always helps and scheme. It helps these running backs. Everybody, somebody said something about Andy Reid, and offensive line. That helps these running backs. It is a needed position. If Damon Williams, I'll say this when I win the program, wasn't playing or healthy, I would not have picked the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. You do need the position. You just don't have to pay the farm to get it. It's scheme. It's offensive linemen. And ultimately, it's quarterback and coaching. That's why coaches are getting paid more and more money. And, of course, Patrick Mahomes probably going to make forty million to $50 million in a few years. Uh, In his next contract and of course he's worth it. So have a good night, everybody. I'll see you between now and the draft. We'll talk about the uh, final mock drafts and everything here on Sports Scope. Thank you, Periscope. Okay. Thank you, podcast.